Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Marcus Simeon to my Corey Seeger. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> you know we don't talk about that sport here. What's wrong with you? The Rangers made moves. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about how it it's doesn't It's the most matter. Rangers thing ever uh-huh. to spend a half a billion dollars on two players, or I don't know, four players, whatever. Good moves, but maybe good moves. And then... I think as of tomorrow, they're going to be yeah, in a lockout. lockout right <laughs> so, this second. Yeah, it's, so it's literally going to be like, oh, congratulations. You've made the first like real move since, you know, yeah, Alex Rodriguez. And now for, now you might not play this year. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that's the other thing, too. It's like, <laughs> I'm a, no one cares about this, but I'm a real Debbie down, like beyond a Debbie downer with the Rangers. Like I have watched that is our team. We are we are in the DFW area. And we both uh, have had lots of, I mean, there's been years where, for long stretches of time, where I, I mean, I watch 162 Rangers games every year, you know, I'm very, very serious about it. It, it was my first love yeah. for, for yeah. sports, even before the Mavs, but that was because my parents right, loved it. Right. But over the last three years, I would guess that I have watched like 20 innings total. Um, and, and a part of that is because baseball is annoying. And part of it is because... Uh, the Rangers suck because when you hate your own team, it's the worst. It's the worst in baseball because mm-hmm. um, it's just like, oh, it's April 3rd. Well, 160 more of these bad boys and they're all going to be terrible. You know, I mean, it's just it's, it's the absolute worst. But I, I, you know, I mean, cool. Like they made some moves. That's all. They spent money. They spent a ton of money. That's great. But I also was getting real real grumpy real fast with the people who are like, see, they are spending money. This is an organization that wants to win. Like, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, dude, they saved hundreds of millions of dollars over the last five years by literally not investing in the in the club whatsoever. So, yeah, yeah. cool. You spent $500 million today. That's awesome because you spent less than $100 million a year for the last four years. Yeah, and also, the let's be real. The cynical reason for this is because those owners that wanted to sell the team, mm-hmm. you know, once the new stadium was built, has realized that the value of that team has yes. tanked dramatically because they've been terrible Ooh, for a pretty good stretch. Just ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. I don't really want to talk about the Rangers, but I did I did enjoy um I enjoyed our discourse <laughs> over the last day or two regarding uh said Rangers. So okay. So this week I will just be quite frank and honest with you the dear the dear listener number one thank you for um i saw several spotify wrapped with us um in the in the top three or top five or whatever podcast that's so cool thank you so much for for being a listener and and a a committed listener to this foolishness that we do every week um it's been a very busy day very very busy week and so i and you for both of us have not had the kind of time that we normally do to kind of research and get our get our stuff together, as it were, for this kind of thing. So this is going to be kind of a quick, hitty episode. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling. Um, but now, of course, now that I said that, we'll talk for 45 minutes about um, Kobe White getting COVID. So um, let's, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit. I want to talk to you about the, the, uh, the game of the year last night, the Warrior Suns, which probably wasn't the game of the year, but was a fun, quite a fun matchup. We're going to talk about Warrior Suns. We're going to talk about tampering. We're going to talk about John Wall. We're going to talk about Kimball Walker. We'll get a little Mavs time at the end of this. Um, but first, Tobin, I just, like all the injuries and, and COVID stuff have happened in the last couple of days. So here's what we got. Um, Austin Rivers has COVID, or at least is in health and safety protocols, because the Nuggets just cannot catch a break. Um, and they lost tonight in Orlando. Oof, that's rough. Uh, Bam Adebayo has a broken thumb. He's out six to eight weeks, I believe, or four to six weeks. Damian Lillard is going to miss 10 games with this ab strain that has been potentially bothering him since, like, March of last year, that they're just now kind of saying, all right, maybe this actually is a thing. Devin Booker hurt his ankle last night in that Warriors-Suns game. He's going to miss a few games. Kobe White has COVID. Jalen Suggs maybe broke his thumb, but not quite as bad as Bam Adebayo because he's not going to have to have surgery, but he's out four to six weeks. Joe Harris had foot issues, surgery, He's going to miss six to eight weeks. Carl Anthony Towns went out tonight with a lower back strain. MRI came back negative on that, but still, he's likely to miss a few games. And, of course, LeBron James has COVID, and he is out for the next 10-plus days. 
I don't. I mean, that's a rough. Uh, that's a that's a rough like four day span, Tobin. We lost a lot of bodies <clears throat> in this stretch. Yeah, and like, look, you know, this is normal to have these kind of injuries mm. happen. But when you throw the COVID, mm, yep. maximum ten days of you know, or minimum of 10 days out, like it just kind of adds to the the pile, mm-hmm. it seems. And so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously injuries and I guess we'll, we'll count COVID and that is never a good thing and never something that we want to see. Uh, but hopefully people will get healthy soon. I mean, like, I think that the, shoot, the, the Nuggets need to just kind of like, that you know, you know, like that scene in Major League whenever like Serrano can't hit a curveball <laughs> and like they all come yeah. in and like, they they just bring something to the altar. Like I think the Nuggets need to. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't know, but they need to get Joe Boo or something and kind of like get you know maybe get President Serrano to come like you know do something in their locker room or something because they just seems like every week we come on it's like well the Nuggets had a problem uh-huh. and so, yeah 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 big bummer for the Nuggets too because it's just I mean <clears throat> you know like this was gonna be their year to show that they weren't just. You know, I mean, they were maybe a, a finals a team last year, and then Jamal Murray's injured, and and now like the whole roster is is out or is missing time. I mean, that's that's it's a tough one. It's a tough one for them. I feel bad for for our boy Jokic. Um, because by the way, I I know we talked about this last week, but it was sort of still speculative at the time. But Michael Porter Jr. did have his back surgery, his third back surgery in five years. He's gonna miss the rest of the season. Um. I would be worried that he's not going to make it back uh, from that back time. surgery in the next year. Big time agree. I big time agree with you. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he missed the rest of this season and next season. I mean, back injuries, are, backs are weird, man. Like, it, maybe more than any other body part, it's because so much of your just, like, normal everyday life, your movement depends on what happens in there, and everybody reacts differently. And so... I mean, I'm just hoping goodness. that maybe they were being overly cautious. And since they are, they kind of probably see the writing on the wall that this season's not to go the way they want it to. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were being overly cautious and just saying, hey, it's going to be safer for us just to shut this down mm-hmm. on the, you know, before you start your super max extension, mm-hmm. you know, or not super max, but, yeah. you know, your, yeah. your max contract extension because. Yeah, but that's not the man, case if he's having surgery. It's, that's not the case. It's I mean, a, you're probably it's right. Tough yeah. It's a tough thing. Um, can we, I just, like, the LeBron thing's big because because he's LeBron and they're the Lakers. That's part of it. Uh, but also, he was starting to, like, sort of round into form just a little bit. I mean. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart seemed to wake <laughs> him up a little bit, so. Um, you know, which, you know, we said that, though, that this could just be him kind of sandbagging because he wants to make sure he has enough juice for the, <laughs> the end of the season. Shit. And, you know, maybe he realized, he's like. He's got to do it. He got, maybe yeah. he. Yeah, maybe he was getting tired of pe- people saying that, mm. that he was mortal or whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I, I would t- say I, I I tend to... I mean, we've said very many times, I, I, I don't want to be the person who's like, yeah, bronze done. Because <laughs> we've just seen him kind of flip the switch many, many times. Um, I don't think that this team... And, and maybe to your point, Tobin, like, maybe he's realizing this is not the team that I can do that with because we traded every single person on the team except for me and AD who can play defense. Um so you can't really do the 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 flip it on flip it off thing. You're gonna have to just go a little bit harder. What I would say though, as far as like, hey, maybe this is sort of indicative of what's happening is he is taking way 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 more threes than he usually does, and he's hitting them at a really high rate, which is kind of saving. Up until the last week, was sort of saving him statistically because uh, he was hitting threes at a higher rate than he, he typically does. But he's not going to the rim anymore. <coughs> Even the mid range has kind of lost it. He, we watched that. You and I were up late. We were watching that 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 Lakers Kings game that went into triple overtime. It was like the worst triple overtime game ever that I was com- just completely <laughs> really into. It was such a bummer. Like <laughs> it was such an awful game. But we were both just kind of. I mean, I was in. I was fully in on this game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I was up past midnight yeah, watching that. No, so that's you know. I texted you just to see. And usually the, when I do that, it's like, cool, he'll get back to me at six in the morning. Uh, but you were you were up. So we we were chatting our way through through that game. It was a, just a dumpster fire of a game because they I mean, good gracious, neither team, neither team could figure out what they were doing. And they just kept making stupid mistakes over and over and over again. But like how many times did LeBron get matched up with Marvin Bagley 
or or Chimmy Metu or whatever, and he just like <laughs> well, and ends up taking kind of a contested three or a long two or something like that. I mean, it was pretty brutal to watch on that front. Now again, he may just be kind of shaking off the rust, and he may just be kind of playing it for for the season. But my point is, he was the last like three games. I think they had won three of four. He had the big showing in in Indiana, hit the big shot, told the crowd to uh, w- what they could do with that, um, and uh, and 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 things were were kind of going well. And now he's out. You know, he's going to miss four to eight games. I don't know. We're going to see because it depends. I mean, we just saw like uh, uh, Embiid missed eight games. That's longer than than two weeks. It's or ten days. Excuse me. It's he had a really bad case. He had a, he really struggled with. With COVID, and so we don't really know what's going to happen with LeBron, but he was kind of getting there, and now, boy, are you resetting it, or is it just like, cool, I get ten days off, and then I'll come back and and get this thing going? And, and yeah, and if you're a Lakers fan, like after that Kings game, the conversation started out there of you know maybe Vogel is not the guy, like maybe maybe we got lucky the first year and we should have fired him already, and so if you're a Lakers fan, you have to ask yourself, okay. Is it time to start worrying about Vogel? And also now, like Vogel has an excuse for why he's about to go on a you know five game skid yeah. or whatever, and so that that can't be good either. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I think I think that this team is is definitely going to be making some moves here in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really count them out yet. But like the Nuggets have the ability to kind of like punt on this year because they have you know the reigning mvp and might be the two-time mvp when this is all said mm-hmm. and done and the lakers don't have that luxury because they are super veteran and, and old and, and they're the lakers you can't you can't punt on a year when you're the lakers yeah, with lebron and ad you can't do that i mean so not I if you not not if you're not losing one of them for a good chunk of the season exactly. no like yeah. and so i just don't i don't know what the what the answer is but they're going to have to figure out something. And I don't know if that includes trying to dump Russell Westbrook again or, you know, or not again, but him getting dumped again. But yeah, I, I think this is, this is going to go from, cause after that Kings game, that was the first time that it seemed like the, the world was like, all right, now let's go after Vogel. Mm-hmm. Like it's his fault. Yeah. Like, and, and, and they might be right, but also, this team is incredibly poorly yeah. built. Like at absolutely. this point, so absolutely, um, the roster construction and, is abysmal. I mean, they just they, and AD is not the AD that you need. Well, to be. yeah, absolutely. So this this that I mean, you know, whoever's listening, I'm sure you saw this because it, it certainly was a hot topic a couple of days ago. But um, four days ago, Kirk Kirk Goldsberry, excuse me, had a graphic up uh, and a stat going around. Anthony Davis is 33 percent on the year. On jumpers, 51 of 154. He is the least efficient jump shooter in the NBA this season. That's not great. That's not great what you want. And it also sort of, um, it kind of puts some things into perspective. Because, like, look, I don't watch I don't watch 48 minutes of, of Lakers game every single night. I watch just enough. He's been great defensively still. He's still, he's still playing very well defensively. And he's still Anthony Davis. So, like, I, you know, I kind of get it. But I've seen several games lately where... He just looks like he has, he looks like he has no moves on offense. He looks like he, every time he touches the ball, it's almost like, it's almost like old school Carmelo. It's like, well, time to jab, step, jab, step, Either either shoot it or drive it, basically. He just doesn't, he doesn't have anything there. And then multiple times when we've been watching games lately, um, that Sacramento game was a great example of it. They had Alex Lynn, of all people, guarding Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis multiple times. This is like in overtime and in late fourth quarter. Like every possession really matters. Anthony Davis was catching the ball on the wing above or below the three point, the, the arc one way or the other, but usually just above the arc. And Alex Lynn was almost standing in the paint, which is like, cool, man, you go ahead and shoot it if you want to. And he wasn't doing it. It was, it was very strange. And then that stat came out like the next day and I was like, okay, well that kind of, put some things in perspective for me because if teams are kind of out on Anthony Davis, I'm being scared of Anthony Davis as a, as a shooter, that is, that does not bode well, obviously for, for the Lakers uh, moving forward. That's a tough spot to be in because um, he doesn't, he just doesn't have a lot of wiggle and a lot of moves. It seems like to do much else. If he's not going to be able to hit those jump shots, you know, he needs the jump shots to maybe open up more. 
All right. So here's a question that I probably stupidly was thinking about the other day. Is there a point where they bail on Anthony Davis and try to get a haul for him <clears throat> to do one last run with LeBron? <laughs> that would get wild. Um, I mean, listen, I don't Damian think that's Lillard, the right maybe? answer. Yeah. Let me let me preface <laughs> that by saying if you're going to get rid of one of your two star yeah. players, as scary and as stupid as it may sound, LeBron's probably the guy out of those two. <laughs> but you can't yeah, do that's that. Never happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, is there a point where they say, like, hey, we've got to get something else in here? that's going to be better fitting for the mortal LeBron Mm -hmm. that we're seeing, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, look on paper, it still should work really well. And maybe it's just, I mean, we're seeing shooting percentages around the league are down. Scoring is down overall. Um, Simmons the other day was saying, he just thinks that, that he, that Davis bulked up too much. Um, and I I could see that. I think that's a, that's a legitimate factor. And again, Um, we're, we're also talking about a situation where, they are not a very well built yeah. team, and they're not gonna. They're not the, in the final version that they're gonna be mm-hmm. in either. And so, yeah, I, look, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I will say you're right. They're not, this is not the final version of of the Lakers. However, but I don't know how you. There's fix not it. a move. <laughs> there isn't a move yeah. to be made that is going to now. Look, I mean, they may be able to do the thing that like the Cavs did in twenty what year, whatever year that was, twenty sixteen, maybe twenty seventeen, whatever, where they swapped out. Uh, Jay Crowder and Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade and whatever else for other parts like like Jordan Clarkson yeah. and, and Larry Nance or something like that. Maybe they can do a, a we're trading four parts to get three parts kind of trades. Maybe, maybe, but they they there aren't short of a team being like, yeah, we actually would like to pay Russell Westbrook 40 plus million dollars for the next two seasons. Um, we're in on that short of a team doing that. I just don't see what moves there are that that can be made that are going to help that team beyond a buyout guy. And maybe yeah. they don't get buyout guy. If they're if they're 10th in the West or 7th or whatever, I mean, you know, at a certain point buyout guys say no thank you, I'd rather go somewhere where I have a better chance cuz I don't know that I have a good chance here. So well, and weird. also buyout guys for being honest have not panned out too great sure, in the last sure. couple yeah. of years. And especially with them, like Andre Drummond was a miserable for them. Right. So. And you could also say, you could also make the case, they got their buyout guys in the summer because they got all these dudes on smaller contracts and they probably could have gotten elsewhere because they want to come and try to win a championship. Yeah, you know? that's true. So I, I kind of think there's, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I, I'm not so sure there's going to be a ton of buyout guys this year. Anyway, you got a lot of teams that are that are in it, um, and there's there's, I think a lot of teams feel like, hey, we might be able to make a little bit of a run at this. So it's going to be tougher for for that kind of thing. But as soon as I say that, there'll be, you know, forty guys that get bought yeah. out who are good, actual good players. Um, v- the Vogel thing is going to be interesting because like, before LeBron tested pot or got COVID or whatever, this last day or two was it today or whatever? It doesn't matter. I really, I was going to come on here and say, hey, is Frank Vogel the coach of the Lakers next time we record? Because I, you could see there was a lot of smoke coming out of that over the, which I think is unfair. Um, yeah, it's unfair. But, and also, like, if you still had Jason Kidd on your staff, I would get it. But you don't anymore. Like, I don't even know who their assistant coaches any, are anymore, honestly. Like, to be honest with you. But, like, you don't have a, a, like, do you really need to run an interim with LeBron James for the rest of the year? Unless, unless it's one of LeBron's guys, maybe. But yeah. I just don't. I don't see how that is a, at all helpful yeah. to you. So right the now. guy there is Phil Handy, um, who oh, you okay, probably yeah. see, you know you know him. You've seen him, him on the bench. That's a guy that I think players respect. Now I don't know that he's going to come in and set the world on fire with his X's and O's. I don't. I don't know. But um, maybe, maybe that's what needs. That. I mean. It definitely feels like LeBron and AD have kind of sold out Vogel a lot over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. or last couple of months, really. And you never felt like they really wanted him um, to start this whole thing. So I don't know. It's it's the other thing, too, is like and I this is a legitimate question. When was the last time a team with an interim coach won a title? Yeah. And so, like, if you yeah. if you do that, you pretty much are saying that 
we don't believe we're going to win a title, mm-hmm. you know, right. which may not be true. Oh, I guess Fizdale is there. Yeah, that's so what that's, I was about to say. I missed, I forgot that they'd, they'd hired Fizdale as well. So that's probably, the, I mean, that's a, he's a LeBron guy, so he's probably the head coach if, if that's what they do. But, I mean, hey, Fizdale burnt out hard the two places that he was a head coach. Now, he didn't have LeBron at year. Yeah, and so. maybe he learned. Yeah, for sure. But, you for know, sure. Jason Kidd learned, yeah. so it's just, sure. it's, <laughs> but, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, he's not. Well, I'm with you. I, we'll say that for Mavs yeah, talk, exactly. but you know, like, exactly. no, I, I, I'm it's, with you. it's just it doesn't make any sense to me where you would why you would do that in basic because, like, like I said, I'd love to see the stats on the furthest a NBA team has gone with an interim coach after a firing. You know, and I would love to see that stat. And yeah, because maybe like, somebody's got that they somewhere. Put, when the Cavs fired Blatt, they they named but, Lou the head coach. Right away, he wasn't the interim. I don't believe. I don't yeah, believe he but was. That ever was interim. also peak LeBron, and they don't have peak yep, LeBron. So yep. it's 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 yeah. definitely true. It, it's just I don't know. I, I don't think Vogel's and the greatest. Blatt coach was hired before LeBron agreed to come <laughs> back. True. So yeah. that's and he was an idiot. I mean, that guy was just not a good oh, coach yeah. uh, for the NBA. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not the hugest Vogel fan, but I do think pinning this on him is absolutely ridiculous. It's just the. What else can we do? We got to do something to change things up, and we made this terrible Russell Westbrook trade. Well, I guess we could fire the coach and see if that helps. You know, it's <laughs> it's not great. It's not well, great. you know, to be fair, we all saw this coming when Vogel was hired. Yeah. We just thought Kid was going to exactly. be the coach. Yep. Not, you absolutely, know? <laughs> so. absolutely. Um, maybe they could take him back. I don't know. Um, okay, let's let's move on. Uh, Kimball Walker got benched this week. Toby. Yeah. Oof. The Knicks are not yeah. good. I mean, but they're also not bad. I mean, they're very mediocre, but it's just like they're still running into the same freaking problems that they that that they had last year and that you always have with Thibodeau teams. I think this is a little bit of we're kind of uh maybe having a little regrets about our our roster construction as well. Um it's just that they didn't do the Russell Westbrook thing. But yes, Kimba Walker is averaging 12 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. These are career lows across the board. Shooting forty three and forty one percent respectively. Forty one percent is a respectable number, but uh, he's only shooting five threes a game, whereas he has shot eight or more threes a game um, over the last few seasons. So, like, the volume is down, even as the percentage has crept crept up just a little bit. He's also not getting to the rim. He's getting one and a half free throws a game, and most telling, the Knicks are nineteenth in defense. That's the only thing that a Thibodeau team does is is play defense, and they've tried to do that with a backcourt of Kimball Walker and Evan Fournier. And strangely enough, that has not worked out. So, this is a bummer though. If I'm being I think honest, we both like Kimba quite a bit. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, like you're right, I, I like Kimba, and I hate that for him. But in a weird way, I'm kind of like impressed that Tibbs is willing to just say no to him and letting a younger guy come in and play. And so like, that's kind of good thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, like I said, if they, if they wouldn't have, if they would have signed him like Boston did, I think this would be a lot more of a black eye, Mm -hmm. but whenever they got him, it was more of a, well, let's see if this works. And it didn't. So they're paying him 9 million a year basically. And that's fine. Like it's, that was a worthwhile gamble. I think I just, I mean, you and I both picked the over on their their win total, and and right now it's that still looks not terrible because I think their their over under was like forty one and a half. So they basically just have to be I mean, five hundred team. Ju- Randall looked better the the last couple of games, but the Nets you know. game was super frustrating. If you're if you're a Knicks fan and a Randall fan, watching him against the Nets was I think would would be aggravating as all get out because it just was like. Every once in a while, you saw like a little spark of what what he was last year, but more often than not, it was just like, dude, this is why you were available when we signed you in the first place. Because it just, it is yeah. so inefficient, and he was getting more and more frustrated. And I'm like, I mean, he maybe was getting a bad whistle, but also, dude, <laughs> like, there's just so many things where that, that technical foul that he got at the end of the game is like, we maybe should suspend you. We maybe should suspend you because you you cannot do that kind of thing in a tight game. And it's a little bit indicative of his whole, not just his whole season, but like from playoffs game one last season through through this season. It's 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 rough. It's rough right now. Yeah, totally agree, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it, it is. And also... 
I mean, you got to be a little worried because most of his history says that he is this player, not the player that he was last yeah. year. Yeah. And so that's not great. But we talked a lot about the Knicks a couple of weeks ago, but it, uh, it's not. Hey, you remember when they bad. signed him in, instead of going after Giannis, thinking that that would be okay? I respect that, though, because I think just chasing do, the free agents but, is, is a terrible But mistake. it also was but, not, it's not been great. But what we talked about <laughs> in the offseason, st- I think has sort of borne out, um, has come to fruition a little bit, is all these guys that they had on the roster last year, they were really good for them. And they overachieved, probably. And they did some really smart things with with what they had to to play with. Now they've locked all those guys up. And none of them are, like, terrible contracts. I mean, like, Nerlens Noel was, like, four for 32 or something. I mean, that's fine. But when you have a bunch of those, you start to think, oof, I don't know. And then they just pin so much on... Evan Fournier, and then the hope that Kimball Walker was going to be Charlotte Kimball Walker, and that's it's just never going to happen. His knees are bad; it's not going to happen again. And so, they've now built a team that, like, oof, I don't know, I, you know, you're probably a play-in kind of team unless unless something really changes and and some guys get back to maybe what they you hoped they were going to be. Um, Speaking of guys that you hope maybe they're going to... John Wall might play basketball, Tobin. That's that's, Finally. Finally, maybe he's like, I guess I could get out there. And and the Rockets seem to maybe potentially be acquiescing to that. So... Can we can we just pour one out for our buddy Steven Silas? I know. Gosh, I know. I I really hope that where... I said this before, but I want to reiterate. I really hope that wherever he goes, or like whenever he inevitably gets blamed for some of this, which... May be fair to some degree, but certainly is not fair in a lot of degree. <laughs> I hope that he gets another chance somewhere else where he can just be like, "Oh, oh, thank you." <laughs> like you know, like you guys do, you guys do appreciate me. This like, is, uh, like that, this that is what dude, real basketball is like. Huh, super, okay. He super does not deserve this, and I super hate it for him, honestly. But yeah, I hope that I hope that he is able to get at least get a job somewhere yeah. else. Like, I definitely think he will. I think that he's very well respected around the league. I really wish that he hadn't taken that job. I totally understand why he did it, but I wish he hadn't. Cause it, it seemed like it was going to be a train wreck and in a different way, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's become a different kind do of train wreck that, than what I thought might be the way. But uh, yeah. It, do you think that if he was still coaching at the Maz when RC left, that he would have gotten the job here? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, I mean, I well, do I don't know. They, I mean, we they didn't hire Mosley, so maybe. Eh, yes, I do. I, I think he. I think he's the head coach of the Mavericks right now. If Carlisle had left a year earlier, yeah. Hmm. But you know, that's fine. By the way, Jamal Mosley's doing a great job in Orlando. Um, that team's not good, and they lose most nights by a lot of points. You know, I've been tracking blowout wins and losses over the year because I don't have enough to do, so I should definitely build a spreadsheet for that kind of crap. Because you have a healthy relationship with the NBA. I do. Well. Yeah, I don't I don't overthink about it all the time at all. Um, so, but, I mean, they get blown out more often than any other team in the league except for currently the Thunder are back on a, a good track of getting back into getting blown out. But, yeah, they get blown out a lot of nights, but they play hard, and he's developed he's developed those guys pretty well um, for, for for this early in, in the process with him. So that's good. But, yes, um, I do. So the, the thing with the Rockets is they've won four in a row. Um, by the way, if you uh, – <laughs> If you have a garbage team and you you want them to get better, I guess you just need me to say that I don't think you can win nine games. This is two weeks in a row, or three, two out of three <laughs> weeks, where I've said, yeah, I don't think that team can win nine games. And then the Thunder won four in a row, and now the Rockets have won four in a row. So, but th- so now they won four in a row. Now two of them are against the Thunder. So that you know that barely counts. That should be like maybe a quarter win in the in the uh, in the columns. But uh, but it's also been. Uh, without Jalen Green because he's injured and they've won four in a row since he got injured. So, yeah, I don't think I would make me feel good if I was a Rockets fan that <laughs> you've you've looked a mi- miserable <laughs> for most of the season and then four and then you go a four game run streak the second that your your <laughs> next franchise star goes out. That's not ideal. The, the Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Look, I will say this. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Green's game as he's just sort of not my 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 uh, cup of tea. Just 
from a, a, a style standpoint. Um, but he'll be fine. He's just, he's a kid. He's very young. He's going to figure these things out. I'm sure he will. The combination of Jalen Green and, and Kevin Porter Jr. is a disaster. It's just an absolute disaster. And uh, both of those guys on the court at the same time as you're starting backcourt, you're trying to you're trying to lose 75 games. Um, it's a it's a really it's a foolish way to do things in my opinion. Because yeah, you may tank your way to the bottom, um, but also you're wanting these guys to develop into players, and I don't know that they're going to if they're if they're constantly playing in this situation. So, I. What's your thing? Where are you at on the John Wall thing? Because I've I've kind of come around. Well, I've kind of gone back and forth on what I think with this. Because I I at the beginning of it, I was like, yeah, okay, it kind of makes sense. You're trying to tank. He doesn't want to play for this garbage team. He's gonna miss, you know, two out of every five games anyway. Um, and maybe he's just trying to save himself for the eventual buyout and wherever he goes. But, like, they don't seem inclined to buy him out. He does not seem inclined uh, to take a, a chunk of money off of what he's owed, and, and probably rightly so. But, like, should we really just be sitting here and not playing when this when this garbage trash team needs a point guard really, really badly? That seems very odd to me. I don't know. Where are you at on this? It doesn't make any sense to me. If you can't find a trade for pennies on the dollar for him, why are you just making him sit there like mm-hmm. that? Like, I mean, he's good enough to get you some at least some you know some play. I mean, if he's if he was blocking like an actual like young point guard sure. from playing, yeah. that I could understand not starting him. Mm-hmm. But it makes zero sense why you wouldn't you know play him. I I just I don't get it. So yeah, um, yeah I'm with you. Like it's. Do I think that he's going to be like beneficial for the team? That's not necessarily, right. but not in the win column anyway. No, but what does it hurt? If anything, let him play well and drive up his trade value. Yeah. If you really are looking for a trade for him, you know, I just I don't think they are though. I think that I think that they there's no trade. For him. No, he's he's no. like I know that we we talk all the time. We say no contract is untradeable. Um, but no one, there is yeah. no because the, because there was money, one trade for him and it's already yeah exactly. One. So exactly. unless you can convince yeah. the Lakers to do the same yeah, exact trade, totally, totally. <laughs> Which NBA gods, please <laughs> let that happen because that would be pretty amazing. Like, um, yeah, that would be that would be incredible. Yeah, but like, I mean, there's just there just isn't. It's too much money that you have to send out to bring him in, and you can't count on him. I mean, we we talked about it last year. He misses. It's not that he's. It's not like, hey, he only played 50 games, um, but he's, you know, he had a bad ankle injury and that cost him a bunch, you know. No, it's like, cool, he played two games, he missed six games. He played three games, he missed two games. He played two games, he missed seven games. I mean, it's just, it's a constant with him because his body just, you know, hasn't held up, unfortunately. It's not, it's not really his fault, but it is a fact. No one's going to trade for him. He's going to, I mean, <laughs> he's got to get bought out. And I imagine both sides need to figure that out. So, but at the very least, if he's going to be here, then let's at least play him. Let's at least have the guy come in and try to show these kids how to actually play like professional basketball. Let's give that a shot and see what happens. Um, Cause I don't think he's a cancer. No, no, like, I, don't I don't think so either. I yeah. think he, I think he's actually a good dude that like, he has to know at this point in his career that it's better for him to be a helpful veteran than it is for him to be a grumpy James Harden, you know, I mean, the thing is, he is a um, I heard. I mean, like this, this was the the mismatch this week. Chris Vernon, he said, you know, he's he needs to do the Derrick Rose thing. He needs to become a quality backup guard. And that's 100 percent accurate. That's what. And I think it's he definitely has a game that can be conducive to that. It's just can his body hold up enough to where he can consistently be on the floor, you know, and that's. I mean, that was a major question for Derrick Rose for several seasons where you're like, I just, it's not just about his game. It's about the fact that this dude literally cannot stay on the floor. And he's figured it out over the last two years and stabilized, three years anyway, and stabilized. Um, We'll see. But but that's what needs to happen with John Wall. But for that to happen, I mean, you know Tillman Fertitta is not really willing to to give up money for free. And I imagine John Wall is saying, dude, I'm never going to get another contract. So, like... We gotta, 
I need most of my money or all of my money. And I don't, I don't get the sense that Fertitta's big on that. So um, we'll see. Um, do you give a rip at all about this tampering thing with the Bulls and, and the Heat? I mean, in theory, I do only because it seems like we're the one, not the one team, but the one team that actually follows the rules or people <laughs> just don't like us and don't want to come to us. I think it's that. I think it's it's probably, I'm going to be a blind person and presume <laughs> that it's because Mark Cuban likes following the rules. But um, the thing is, is that, is it is it annoying? You know, maybe, kind of, but... What are you what what is you doing anything about it gonna stop it? It's not like you it lost a second round pick. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Like, no one gives a crap about that. <laughs> I saw somewhere online today that was like, if I was the um the Heat or the Bulls, I would literally trade my second round pick every year <laughs> just so they couldn't take it from me. <laughs> I'm like, Let's well, yeah. Yeah. I and I'm like, I a hundred percent support that. I would do the exact same thing. Cause it just doesn't make any sense why I don't know. I just I, I think until you until you hit them hard, this is gonna keep happening and it's just gonna get worse. Like, so I just don't I don't know what the answer to that is though, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. So Yeah, look, here's the here's the thing. No one cares about a second round pick. And I didn't even see that there, maybe this was there and I missed it or maybe it'll get added later, but I didn't even see that there was like a financial aspect to it either. But even if there was, it'd be $10 million. You think Mickey Harrison gives a rip about $10 million? Of course not. Of course not. Um, We all knew that this was going to happen in like February of last year when both of those guys did not get traded at the trade deadline. It was abundantly clear and it was, I mean, I, I don't even feel like this is like speculation. I feel like podcasts and, and writers were like straight up talking about it of, well, Lonzo's going to go to the Bulls in the offseason anyway, so why would they trade for him? Lowry's going to end up in Miami anyway. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Like, we have known that this was going to happen. You should have just, if you're going to do this, if you're going to say, hey, we care, we're the NBA, we care about tampering, then you shouldn't have let those teams sign the guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the thing is that that's it's going to take a David Stern like CP3 to the Lakers. Like that's what it's going to have to take is that he's going to have to come in and say, "All right, Bulls and Heat, you cannot sign these players because you did not follow in the parameters of what we're supposed to do." Mm-hmm. Like I mean, in that and listen, that did not go over well when David Stern did that, but that's what it's going to take for teams to maybe start taking this stuff more seriously because right now they don't give a rip. And cuz like right now what they're doing is, look, it's it's kind of like college football coaches and recruiting it's like oh well i didn't talk to him but you know if if my wife happened to text them then you know they're doing the same thing with the players of like well i didn't talk to him but you know if if uh if jimmy butler happened to reach out to kyle lowry i mean what am i supposed to do about it they're friends you know and so Mm -hmm. it's just you know right like that's the that's the like that's the part where I just don't really care. Like we've got you guys have created the the super team model and mm-hmm. you've created the mm-hmm. we're all friends and we're not enemies model. And so this is part of it. Like this is this is part of the game that you've created. Is that this is what this is going to be? Like you're going to have players that talk and collude and mm-hmm. want to play together. And that's also what's made the NBA pretty great over the last few mm-hmm. years too. Mm-hmm. So like it's just it is what it is. I just, I just think if you truly want to punish them, it's going to have to be more than just a dumb second round pick. Totally agree. In my opinion, either just, you know, <laughs> I mean, this feels just like basically sweeping it under the rug, and I just don't even bother. Don't even bother at this point. Just be like, yep, yep, it's happening. Yep, it is. It is what it is. But instead, <clears throat> we got to do this. And like, how frequently does a GM or a coach, or usually it's a GM or an owner? get fined an outrageous amount of money because they because like Mark Cuban's on a podcast with JJ Reddick and says, oh man, Anthony Edwards yeah. is awesome. Oh, $250,000 fine. You can't talk about other players on other teams. It's like, okay, we don't care about this. If you care about this, then do something. This is not doing something. This is just kind of pushing the can, just kicking the can down the road for literally no reason at this point. It's so stupid. So stupid. Totally agree. So I, but in the spirit of that, I th- of of Adam Silver having no spine, I think that the Mavs should petition the league uh, to let them play the New Orleans Pelicans eighty two times a year. That would be awesome. Um, we'll see. And then we can average one hundred and forty <laughs> points a game for the rest of our lives. One so. more thing before we get Mavs time, uh, Warrior Suns. What did you? Uh, what were your takeaways from this sort of uh, biggest game of the year, quote unquote? 
Eh, I mean, it was a good game. It was a fun pace. It, it was, was a bummer that Booker got it. injured too, because like, that that was my thing. Is like it, yeah. to me, it's not it's not complete because Booker got injured and Clay's not playing. It'll be right. real interesting to see what happens when these guys plays when they're at full strength because that might be if that became a playoff series, it might be one of the greatest playoff series of our of our <laughs> last ten years if that ends up happening. Um, but yeah. It seemed incomplete. Like it mm-hmm. super sucks that Booker got injured, and you know Curry is just unreal as always. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was. It's yeah. I'm I'm pretty. I know we're about to talk about it in a second. But I'm pretty terrified of what the Warriors are going to end yeah. up being. Like almost like more terrified of whenever than whenever they had Kevin Durant. Because at least when they had Kevin Durant, I was like, well, yeah, duh, they have four Hall right. of Famers and right. maybe more on their team. And now it's like. Oh, they're good because they're good. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, yeah. you know, they're like a good team. It's not just a bunch of superstars playing together. So, yeah, that's Yeah. The game was interesting. Like I I uh I I'd watched a little bit of it and then I had to do life stuff and I was about to flip back over to it and and I saw that that Booker got injured and I was like, "All right, well, I'll come back for like the last six minutes, but I assume the Warriors are going to take this away. And so I, I went, I, I flipped over to the Duke game, watched Paolo a little bit. Um, not great, not a great game for him, but that's fine. It'll, I'm, I'm pretty sold on that guy overall. Um, four games into his career, whatever, six games into his career. Um, and we'll talk more about that as the, uh, in the spring when the draft gets a little bit closer. But uh, anyway, I and then I, I flip back over and I'm like, oh, crap. Phoenix is like not just in this game. Like they're in the lead. They're really taking it to them. It's a really interesting game from from there on. Um, Steph was awful. I think I think he's had like 11 points or something. I mean, that just never happens with Steph Curry to be that bad. And also, I think the Warriors committed 27 turnovers. I mean, it was crazy. And so, but... Over the the course of the last six or seven years, you know, we've seen you're going to catch, I would guess on average, three to five games a year where Steph just can't get anything going. And it looks kind of bad because he's still he's going to try to get himself going. He's going to launch some shots that are just horrendous. He had, I think, three air balls last night. It was super. He was super, super off and couldn't get anything going. And you're also going to catch three to eight games a year where the Warriors just inexplicably turn the ball over too much because they play this sort of loose style of offense where, and I think that's partly, I mean, you can tell when it drives Kerr crazy, but he also recognizes that like, that's how Steph wants to play is just sort of loosey goosey. And if you know, you catch the wrong night and then they got both of those on the same night, they got a garbage Steph game and 25 turnovers. Um, and the Suns just don't, they don't let you get away with mistakes. It's not you don't have to play a perfect game against the Suns, although they've won 17 in a row, so maybe you do, but you don't have to play a perfect game against them. But every time you mess up, they are usually going to get a bucket out of it. They are usually going to capitalize on the thing that you that you do poorly. And that's I mean, you know, much as I hate Chris Paul, he was un, he was unstoppable last night. Just getting to that button over and over and over again. And it's just a bucket every single time. And they, I don't know, they're just, a, they're a super well-structured team, man. I, I really, I kind of hate to say it because I don't like, obviously, Chris Paul, but uh, they are kind of, I mean, it's pretty fun to watch them play because they just. They might, they, it's, it's very fun yeah. to watch them play. I've said from day one, if they didn't have Chris Paul, <laughs> it might be my second favorite yeah. team to watch right now. Like. Well, that's not true because if I don't like watching the Mavs, they're not my favorite <laughs> team to watch. So, um you know the thing is too is that they might be better this year than they were last year. Like I know that's easy yeah, to say oh, right now. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree with you. No, no question. But yeah. I still worry that this isn't going to be able to hold up in the playoffs. Like, like I think Monty Williams is a great coach, and I think he's capable of adjusting in the playoffs. But it'll be interesting to see what teams like the Warriors and you know, I don't know who else, but like that, that, or like, you know, a healthy Kawhi Clippers can do this team when they have seven games mm-hmm. in a row with them. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, that game was a blast to watch. It was like, it was like watching the, you know, Nash Suns play yeah. again, you know, with being matched. So, but I think also when Clay comes back, I think he has a knack of kind of keeping Steph on track mm-hmm. from having those sure. kind of like, yeah wild games where he just throws up a bunch of wild yeah. shots and too. Draymond doesn't Draymond Draymond will get 
sort of roped into that style of play. He like amps it too much when when Steph is also kind of amped like that. More often than not, I don't know. I'm sure some Warriors mm-hmm. fan is like, that's not true. It happened. But I see a lot of games where it's like, man, Steph has a bunch of turnovers, and then also Draymond has a bunch of turnovers, and everybody has a bunch of turnovers because they all kind of play. In. And you're right. I think Clay can have sort of like a solidifying factor um, for them. Well, he's the only other guy on that team that can take the ball up the court and and shoot it and do stuff with it without having to curry yeah. down and breathing down his neck. Yeah. So For sure. You know that's that's a big that's a big deal, and so like right now, I'm sure the weight of the team is all on you know um, on Curry. So yeah. that's just part of it. Yeah, Jordan Poole has done a great job of like sort of filling in for Clay this season, um, but I do think he's maybe punching just a little bit above his his weight class. So you know, bringing Clay back is gonna the thing that they have that Phoenix doesn't always doesn't to me seem like they have is like. The Warriors have firepower, and the Suns, it's pretty much like we're just going to do this thing. We, I know we talked about Phoenix a ton last week, but they they kind of perpetually are just like, well, we're just going to run our offense. We're going to be at the pace that Chris Paul wants to play at. Um, we're going we're gonna to execute beautifully. And then, you know, if we're within 10 in the last six minutes, then we're going to feel really confident about getting the win because we're just going to do these three plays over and over and over again, and we're really successful at it. Whereas the Warriors, it feels like, I mean, how it's been for the whole of the of the Kerr era there, it's like, oh, man, they scored 195 points tonight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like they're they are explosive, whereas the Suns are just sort of so consistent and... I don't know. That would be a very interesting matchup in in the playoffs um, to see which of those two things will out. Last thing I want to say I don't on think, the Suns, I don't think yeah, you're getting Sorry. full. I don't think you're getting full level Aiton or Mikael Bridges yet either. If we're being honest, too. So like that's the other scary part is that Mikael Bridges has been awesome, but I think he can even go even further, especially defensively. And like whenever they figure, if they figure that out, especially with Aiton, like it's going to be. It might they this might be the year that they do it, but you know I don't know. We'll see. Mikael Bridges. That was the last thing I want to talk about. I love Mikael Bridges. I think he's probably the best defender in the league right now. I wouldn't argue with that, honestly. There is I really wouldn't. No one in the league, with the exception of like Jokic and Embiid, maybe like that type of player that I would not feel very comfortable with Mikael Bridges being the defender. Like, he, like, I mean, the Suns and the Warriors play again, I think, on Saturday um, or Sunday. They play again this weekend. And to be honest, I kind of expect that Steph's just going to score 40. I mean, I, I think that they caught the they caught the Warriors on the right night where Steph was bad in the turn. We, we mentioned all these things. But, like, Mikael Bridges was just in Steph's shorts pretty much the whole game and made his life miserable. And then he would switch over and guard Draymond when he needed to. He could guard Wiggins when he needed to. And it's not like either of those guys are like the greatest offensive players of all time. But that dude guards Damian Lillard when they play the Pacers, or excuse me, the Blazers. He guards Luka when they play the Mavericks. I mean, it's it's a, it's like, it's it's very Sean Marion-ish, but, but better. I mean, he's just, he's just such a fundamental... He's got the fundamentals and the length, and he feel. I mean, he looks like he weighs 120 pounds, but you can't push him around. I mean, he is, ah, man, I love that guy. I love that guy. And last night was a great example of, like, this dude is so good. Like, just you just can't go at him. You can't get anything easy on him. He always I was. I was, I'm, I'm not right near as many times as you are on draft stuff, but that was like one of those ones where I was like, this kid needs to get drafted way higher Same. than where he was. hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I know I had him like maybe seventh on my draft board and you were right there with, I mean, that was a, that one felt like a complete no brainer to me. Just like, it helps that he's a every, Nova kid yeah, he's, and he's I have a, a I'm a sucker for Nova, yeah. but all right, let's do a math time real fast. Um, speaking of Nova, <laughs> what the heck happened to Jalen Brunson? And I feel personally attacked by. I think he it. was a minus thirty-five against the Cavs. That's I. You, <laughs> you know that I am like, like I am the probably the first Jalen Brunson fan, yeah. mm-hmm. and I feel personally attacked <laughs> by him lately. So he was good tonight. He was good tonight. I know we. 
I I've only seen uh, uh, just bits and pieces of this this Pelicans game, but uh, yeah, he, he was he he was back on track. I mean, look, I I, I think he, blame the hair. He needs yeah, to go I back agree. to his fro. I agree with that for sure. Um, I I think that he probably came back from injury a little little too early, and but also he doesn't. I mean, I love Jalen Brunson. He doesn't handle length well, and that's what the Cavs like. I I gotta say with the Cavs. They were they were pretty like they looked pretty good. Like yeah. I was like actually like okay they, like yeah. I mean look, there were still things in that game where I was like I just don't know what JB Bickerstaff's doing here. Like that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But the per- I mean they perpetually had three guys on the floor who were seven feet tall, and it worked. Now look, it worked because the Mavs couldn't hit threes. But the Mavs haven't been hitting threes like all season. So, you know, it really worked there. But yes, Brunson looked like if you or I went to play in an NBA game tomorrow and got 25 minutes. I mean, it was like every time he drove, it was like, holy cow, how do I get around all three of these dudes? It was it was pretty sad. But I mean, that's the knock on on Brunson. I mean, that's he was he was borderline unplayable against the Clippers in the playoffs last season because they're just too big. There's just too much size on the floor for him. And um, you know, that should, that should limit what he gets in free agency, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I think the Mavs are definitely going to yeah, pay up. I was so. at, at first, I was like, okay, great. Like he's going to make it easier for us to resign him. <laughs> and now I'm like, do we want to <laughs> no, resign him? No. Like we definitely want him, but we want him at about 10, 12 million, not 20. And I definitely think they're going to end up having to pay him 17 to $20 million. So <sighs> that'll be fun. That'll be a fun time. Um, I, we need to see, like, look, we need, we need to get like the statistics and stuff. Um, and I will, I will fully say, I'll say this first in, in defense of Jason. I feel like Jason, I may have said this on the air, but like, I feel like Jason Kidd has become kind of the boogeyman to Mavs fans. It's like, he's easy to blame for all of the problems. And I look, there's some things that I don't love. I think he's done some things really well. We, we, we've talked previously he has definitely gotten to KP in a way that Carlisle did not. And that's a huge, huge factor because the Mavs are, it's not that they're just like, they're only as good as KP is going to take them or something like that. Obviously that's a stupid thing to say because they have Luca, but KP is, is incredibly important to the aspirations of this team. Um, and he just was not being utilized correctly. Uh, with Carlisle, so I, and I think I do think that it was Carlisle too, but I do think his attitude put the team in a funk. I do too, and for yeah, real, one hundred percent. Yeah, and so I, yeah, I mean, I I think I told you off the air, like KP being a a a true second third star mm-hmm. yeah. this year made Jason Kidd worth it alone. Yeah. Like in my opinion, you know, I may be eating those words <laughs> in a couple of years, but you know, I mean, look the the. I think that there are some things that that I, I I would I would complain about. Um, the defensive scheme that they're running is not. I like. I'll be honest. I like the scheme, and I think it's good for Porzingis. I don't think it's good for most of the rest of the roster, and that is something that's going to be tough. Um, because you you know at a certain point you got to play to what your roster is capable of. My point in all this is I think that. Once again, the Mavs have not done a great job of, of building their roster. The roster construction makes no sense, given that I think there are six centers on the roster, and KP is the only one who's any good. I mean, well, that's the thing is KP is the one that should be playing center. Honestly, yeah, it, for being honest, it, like, it, it is. He, he um, they need to fix. They need to fix that. That they just need some depth. That actually, because like, look, Willie Colley Willie is not an NBA player anymore. Sorry, I don't, maybe he never was. I don't, I don't know, but. He's been absolutely garbage this year, and he's also not trying. He's very clearly just not not given what he's got. Dwight Powell is somebody who tries really hard all the time and just isn't good at basketball. And <laughs> and then they they ran out Moses Brown this week, uh, basically because Twitter said to. So that was fun. Um, and guess what? He also is not an NBA basketball player at this point. So hey, yeah, turns out Mavs Twitter does not know what they're talking about. The same thing we've been saying yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I kind of, I mean, it, it annoyed me. No, it didn't. I kind of like the kid played him and just was like, yeah, okay, let's, <laughs> 
Have a look at this. Yeah, in, in an 82 game season, yeah. like you can kind of get well, away with that. Well, and it's not like they were getting anything from the other two guys. So, like, sure, yeah. let's let's let uh, uh, Moses Brown go out there and give give up 40 points to Jared Allen, who just looked like freaking Shaq out there. And you know what was funny too is that you could tell that JV Bickerstaff was like, well. <laughs> Okay. We don't hey, usually Jared, post up Jared Allen, but we sure will have tonight. fun because yeah. you're going to be able to feast tonight. Yeah. Like, cause like, I think I texted you cause I don't think you were watching it quite yet. Yeah. Like the first like three minutes they went to, they went after him either with a straight up post play or a pick and roll every single time. And then he missed a pass from Luca and he, uh, I, there was some other thing he did that I was just like, well, that is the worst three minutes of his first ever start. I think I've <laughs> probably ever seen like, and it, and listen, like I actually got, I actually like have faith that Moses Brown could maybe be something. It pretty quickly left yeah. after that game. I'm not gonna lie. I think lie, he had four thousand so. nine minutes. So um, it's not, it's not great. Like the, the roster. I mean, whatever. You didn't get, you didn't spin anything for him, so it's fine. But yeah. it's also like, yeah, totally. hey, Mavs Twitter, chill yeah. out on the start Moses Brown train. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly that was not the right yeah. way to go. It's, I mean. It's it's just a terrible example of of backup quarterback syndrome, you know. We just oh man, this guy if he ever gets a chance to start, it's gonna be no, he sucks. He, yeah, that only worked with Tom Brady. Stop <laughs> it, like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. That was a pretty embarrassing loss. Like losing to Cleveland is fine because Cleveland's good. Cleveland beat the Heat tonight. Now Heat were missing a couple of their players, so whatever. But like Cleveland's a pre- is a good team. That's a that's an L for me because I definitely took the under on that. And they, they've they made me look quite stupid. They're a very competent, good team. It's the way that they lost where pretty much just ran pick and roll between Garland and Allen all night, and the Mavs had just zero, zero ability to, to do anything about it. Couldn't keep Garland in front of them. Couldn't contain Allen. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing the way that it, it felt like it was – it felt like Luca was the only NBA basketball player on the floor for Dallas for most of the night, and that's that's tough. You can't you can't win like that. Now they got they got right tonight against uh, against the Pelicans, and uh, because again, I I sure would like to play the Pelicans eighty two times a year. Um, that team is just so bad, and Luca historically, I mean, even since like year one, it's it seems like oh Pelicans, cool, I'm going to destroy you. Um, he usually just ethers them so and he he certainly did certainly did tonight i think he finished with 28 and 14 in 28 minutes so that's pretty good um but the team was moving. what i will give kids some credit for tobin is that it does seem like he is he is trying to tinker and find solutions tonight they started reggie bullock instead of which away. is something that Rick Carlisle never, never would do. Yep. did. Yep. He was like, okay, let's let's be a baseball podcast. He was the Ron Washington. <laughs> it was like, oh, Michael Young is terrible and old. Maybe we should keep playing him in the four hole. You know, like it was like, yep. yeah, I yep. just so that I agree with you is promising because I love a coach that is always trying to to eat because like listen, like even if you find a hot streak with something, you know, after 10 games, it might get figured out and you got to transition to something else. Like, and so I like that about him. Like, and so I'm, I, I'm at least intrigued by that. At least. Yeah. I think ultimately Hardaway ends up back in the lineup, but it, it seemed pretty clear because Reggie, it's not like Reggie Bullock's been lighting the world on fire or something, but it seemed pretty clear that they were saying that they're saying, look, our defensive scheme is one is is pretty aggressive. We're coming out pretty hard on on the drivers. Um, we can't be on the floor with a center who can't guard anybody and just gets destroyed in all sorts of just whatever coverage you want to go to just gets destroyed. Whether it's Willie or Powell or Moses Brown, the center position has just been a, just a just a dumpster fire for the Mavs all season. Um, Luca has. I don't know if regress defensively is the right word. I just think he's not really putting in the effort. And we know probably not in the greatest of shape still kind of playing his way back in there. Um, we can't have this just garbage at center and Tim Hardaway uh, usually guarding like the second best perimeter player on the team and Luca maybe not giving everything that he's got on that end of the floor. In addition to KP trying to rotate with his weird bones and Dorian Finney Smith always, always for the entire time that he's been a Maverick, like having to <laughs> be the primary defender when he really should be the second 
defender on the team. So going Reggie Bullock in the in the the starting lineup is like we got at least one more guy in here who can sort of stay in front of his guy and can kind of play some defense. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see. They get the Pelicans again on Friday, and then yeah. yay. And then the Grizzlies without John Morant after that, and then they. But play now that you said this about the Pelicans, now they're going to start Zion, and he's going <laughs> to miraculously lost a hundred pounds and be amazing. So there's no chance. It's the reverse Brian Gill jinx. Uh, so. Yeah, no, no chance on that one. He, uh, he doesn't look good, does he? Um, we saw that Funko Pop that came out today, and I was like, you gotta, you gotta make the Zion well, a little it, chunkier. Uh, I hate to say I told you so, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm concerned about his mental state. Remember whenever you guys yelled at me for being down on Zion <laughs> before he started? Yes, but you saying. were okay. In fairness, you. <laughs> You were down on him for the wrong reasons. It wasn't because of his weight or whatever. It was because you just didn't like him. It was a different thing. No, like, it was because of the way he ran and the way he played. That's which his weight plays into okay. that. Like right. uh, I, I pulled a Richard Barton <laughs> and I was like, his walk looks weird. Yeah. Like, you know, does, it does. He has a strange gait. It's not great. It's not great. I'm more concerned about them. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about the mental aspect with him. The weight I did not see coming, but it definitely like definitely helps my case for sure. Another, man. It's not good. It's not good. Okay. Um, I think that the Mavs are finally... Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Aren't finally. We thought they were going to turn the base. They got to make some roster moves, but they can't really do that until at least December. I hope that they are... I just hope that they are proactive... With small moves, like if you're if you are committed to playing a center with KP for health reasons, and the same I guess for Maxi because I think they're definitely trying to protect Maxi Kleba as well. Okay, all right. If you're gonna do that, then you've got to get somebody who is just like competent, just a competent center because none of these three guys can do it. And I, you know, you can't push the Boban button mm-hmm. against every team. So. They got to do some. I hope that they're willing to just to to do some like minor roster moves. To just just try to get another like NBA player in here. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah, I'm hoping for a Kings fire sale, but they don't <laughs> seem to be fire selling. They're killing they the Clippers right decent. now, and they're playing yeah. some of the worst basketball. I'm telling I've you, man. Seen, man. Alvin Gentry, all time interim coach, <laughs> like. It's like, in fact, if the Lakers fire Vogel, they should be able to invoke <laughs> Alvin Gentry to come to their Just team instead because they actually have a chance. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, seriously, they're they're uh, as I speak, they're up by twenty points on the Clippers without Paul George. So whatever. By the way, Clippers might be in free fall. Not good. Not good. Week or two for for the Clips. Um, so maybe I, I you know, I kind of felt like the Clippers were playing a little above their heads for the first three weeks. Well, weeks Paul George was out of yeah, his mind for a long great. time. And then maybe that's looking right, um, right at this time. Anyway, my point is they are up by twenty against the Clippers, and it is some of the worst basketball I have ever seen in my life. Every possession is a disaster, and sometimes the ball goes in still, despite the just the every single player on this team except for Halliburton takes the worst shots you can imagine. They have no offensive rhythm. They have no idea what they're doing on the court. It just happens that they're hitting some of these just garbage awful shots that they're taking um oof no good okay um let's do pick them can i pick first this week i haven't got to do that yet can i go first even though you're yeah, still losing why not? okay sure right. why not <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the pick them again i'm just kidding <laughs> i am winning i feel like if i if i like if i act like i don't know what you're talking yeah. about i'm gonna be like oh well, yeah. that was serious we, like we taking this for real yeah we texted each other <laughs> our picks earlier in the day anyway but uh i i'll i'll go first this week just for just for funsies. Um, I haven't updated from yesterday's box scores yet, uh, so I'm not quite sure how much I how much ahead of you I am, but a little bit. Anyway, um, I am going to go with Trey Young as my pick this week. So, Trey Young. I'm going to use the Trey Young card for uh, for my pick. What about you? Who's your pick? I am... I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram this week. Oh, okay. Because he always plays well against the Mavs, mm-hmm. first he and does. foremost. Yeah. got two games And they got him twice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're playing the Grizzlies one game, so I figured that's another. But mm-hmm. this, this is a dangerous one, so I'm going to pick a pretty solid alt in, ca- in case I have okay. to. Uh, go ahead and take your alt. My alt's going to be Luka, just for safety. Okay. So I almost picked Luka this week, 
Um, I saw. I feel wrong using him this early. If yeah, I'm being that was so. kind of where I was at. I was like, I because he's been playing really well lately. Even that garbage Cavs game, he was still pretty good um, statistically, anyway. And so, but I just like, well, he's still kind of rounding in. But really, what did it for me was uh, as we were talking about it this afternoon. Like half the the group was picking Luca, and I was like, no, nah, I want to do something. I want to go. I want to be a little little different than that. Um, a little contrarian. So, okay, I like it. Um, my alternate will be Darius Garland this week. So, um, there you go. Um, all right, man. I don't have anything for the last two minute report. We just did a whole bunch of last two minute report for the entire hour of this episode. So let's just get out of here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you, uh, for, <laughs> thank you for sharing your Spotify wrapped with us, uh, and all the fun that you, we really, truly appreciate you. Um, we hope you like what you've heard. If you did. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. And bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. We will be back next week with lots of hot, fresh NBA talk in your ears. And until then, stay hard, Warriors.